is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Series 6, episode 35. It's five days post the 2021 Grand Final. And while for the previous two episodes, we were together in Perth. I find myself back in paradise in Melbourne. And, and Hutchie, you're, uh, I see, down the line in the Gold Coast studio today. Hello. Hello, Damo. Yes, I've got one more day away before I head back tomorrow night. So I've just been getting involved in the NRL build-up in Queensland with our Queensland office. I think it's a little bit, a little bit weird to say that you're, you're so rarely clean as a Victorian that you don't want to necessarily waste that extra weeks of work where there's an office open in Brisbane and the Gold Coast to go and work. I haven't been to our Brisbane office. Well, I've been once in 18 months, Damo, so it was a, a good opportunity to get through in the biggest week of the year in the NRL and then just walk straight into another scale down in cases. And we are in – you look really happy to be back in Melbourne, Damo. Your your face reflects the sentiment of the society at the moment. I think I'm walking back into Yeah, you, you've detected it down the line, Hutchie, on the Zoom we're on. Um Look, I'm even upfront about this, Hutchie. The, the only good thing about coming back was to see my family and friends, if, if I can see them at some stage. But my family, obviously, is the first and foremost, and that's the only good but thing about coming back. I think I'm, what I'm about to walk into is five or ten minutes of great to have you back, and then everyone will be back on PlayStation and you, back you, to doing their thing. Hutchie, <laughs> you, won't get, you won't get five minutes either. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> and, then, and your family moved on pretty quickly? No, actually, it was a weird experience. They, um, I got home reasonably late on the Tuesday, and um, I reckon they, all three of them, uh, wife, my wife and, and the two boys, they gave me a good hour, actually, which was... An hour? That's um, not bad yeah, for no, it's, uh, 57 minutes more than I would normally get when I come home from anywhere, so it uh, wasn't bad. Well done. And that. Uh, Today is a rough time to be broadcasting because it's 1,400 plus cases in Victoria, which is our home market. We're going to walk you through our experience in a moment from the grand final in Perth in particular, but uh, and then a lot of blame being attributed to grand final party. So it's just the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, and we used the word control last week, didn't we, which didn't go down all that well with all of our listeners, but that's exactly what uh, what, what is going on here. And it's actually, I'll tell you what is actually out of control, Hutchie, is, is what the authorities think that they have the right to control, I think, at the moment. I, I, I raise that because there's been a relaxation as of yesterday. People can actually play golf, which um, happens to be an outdoor sport, and you can do so many other things under these guidelines and this control that golf wasn't part of them initially, but you... You know, what you, you know what they've discovered last night, Hutchie? The golf authorities have discovered they can't open their toilets on course. Yep. Yeah, so I, I don't – I just – again, I'm not no longer shocked at anything you see or hear about anything to do with uh, the last two years, but uh, that at least had a reaction. I had a reaction on that one. Can you get your head around well, that one? Yeah, I can. I mean, the, the op- it was universally denounced. The Twitter society came for them. The optics weren't great. From a safety point of view, it does sound like it's the right thing, though, as hard as it is to get your head around. Oh, look, I'm probably on a different page to you on a few things on the COVID front. So I know that you're – I don't know the society's frustrated. I know there's not really much upside in talking about it. That is not, but actually. We are – We are. by the way, in Perth, wasn't it amazing that the first five or ten minutes of every meeting you had didn't start with your view of the COVID landscape? Unfortunately, you do need in most Melbourne and Sydney meetings or catch-ups with people to give you a view of the world for the first five minutes. That's become the new way to set a meeting up or a Zoom call or a conversation. And in Perth, yeah. I don't think it started that way once. It was so unbelievably refreshing. We'll come back to that. Just on, 
on uh, the domestic front, though. We're in stupidity season. That's what I think we're in. We're in, and you can argue whether the stupidity is rel- warranted, uh, back of frustration, but people are making stupid decisions. Grand final parties are a stupid decision. Uh, Hayden Burbank, who we all, all have met and know, and that's a stupid decision to go across to Perth and do that. Um, the Argentinian rugby union team coming down to Byron Bay across the border and now might have jeopardised the test because they can't get back. That's a stupid decision. 18 months feels like the stupidity tipping point, Damo. And I, and I don't say that with any um, nah. sense of Dan Andrews' directed blame at those that are making those stupid decisions. But they, people are making stupid decisions yeah. out of frustration, out of fear, out of anxiety, out of whatever it may be. But... We're at the tipping point, aren't we? We are. We are. Hey, look, we've tried as a rule over the last two years to not get too deep in this, Hutchie, and we've probably even gone as long there as we've gone or any other episode. So let's let's move on from it. Uh, I can't recall when I last saw you in Perth that we, we had a good couple of catch-ups, um, a couple of them fleeting. Uh, I don't think I saw you on Grand Final Day, did I? So what did you get up to? I didn't see you on that day itself. I didn't see you uh, post-Grand Final. But um, it, again, even on that, Hutchie, too, and I, and I mean this quite sincerely, I I felt awkward um, at times, in fact, almost throughout the whole time I was away, talking about the experiences we were having in Perth, um, because a lot of what we were saying, at least broadcast-wise, was going back into the states that that weren't experiencing such freedom. So I, I, I felt really awkward. Um, I don't know whether that was something you experienced as well, but I, I was almost playing down just the, the ability to leave, a, leave your house and go and uh, order a coffee or go and sit down and have a lunch. It was like, I say this... Um in a COVID sense, not in the town sense, because the town's booming. But from a COVID sense, it was like going back in time two years. Yeah, It was like going back to 2019. You actually forgot the things you took for granted still actually existed. Hmm. There hmm. was no face masks in Perth. No. There was no discussion around COVID. There was booming parties and bars and restaurants and the scene was buzzing. The town was generally excited about the game. It had a vibe like Melbourne does plus some, I reckon. On I, I, I agree with that. I reckon there was plus some, yes. And people, and there were first timers at Brownlows and Grand Finals and people who, and once once in our lifetimers were everywhere. So they were infectious, weren't they? Mm. And and that was in, really refreshing to those of us who'd been out of that environment for two years. And then there's also that sense of guilt that you were there, right? Which yeah, you, everyone was. felt and held. And then to your point about whether to share that what was going on versus and let people live voyeuristically through it versus to not talk about it. But all you can do is be honest. It, it, Perth have got it. And Perth are in for a jolt like the rest of the country. You're convinced co- of that, aren't you? Well, I, I think all states that haven't experienced the Delta strain that inevitably and eventually have to experience it are in for a jolt because it's been – it's hard to get your head around it. You can talk about it till the cows come home, but until you live it, mm. as Mel, like Sydney didn't understand what Melbourne went through until now. Now it understands it very well. And you know, let's hope that it doesn't have too big an impact on South Australia, West Australia, Queensland and, and, and Tassie, but it inevitably will be something they all states need to manage and, and work with and live with. And you, I, I don't know, you can understand why the West Australians have enjoyed the longer run of not having to experience it, having gone through that week. It was an extraordinary week. Yeah. They did it magnificently. Um, credible build-up, ground, sound, game, events, activities around it, superb. Mm. Uh, Twilight, as you know, I'm long sold on. Um, view hasn't changed on that. We've now had two Twilight Grand Finals in a row, and hopefully it starts to become normal. I know they want to take one back to the daytime next year, but that's a shame because it's got 
real momentum as a twilight event. Makes the entertainment instantly better. Yep. And it's not that long a day, is it? Like, I don't reckon five o'clock starts that long a day from no. a build-up point of view. Did you think? No, not at all. No, and, and I think I've said to, to you, even to you, Hutchie, that I've, I'm a complete convert now to it being uh, moved away from the afternoon slot. If, if it's twilight, it's twilight. I wouldn't even care if it's a nighttime slot. I get the twilight being a, a form of compromise, a, a bridge between the day and, and the night. And it seems to work because you can get start the game in a in a form of daylight. You then get into the darkness at halftime when the you know the key acts are, are on, which are all part of it. I know people say, "Well, who cares what the acts are?" Well, people do care what the acts are, and it's pretty important. And again, again on that side of it, Hutchie, they couldn't have done it better. There was there was recognition for for Perth acts, not necessarily by the the band members themselves, but there was some cover versions and some recognition of, of famous Perth musical acts, and then. Uh, I, again, all of that, Hutchie, uh, was, it was 10 out of 10, I thought, the whole experience. The moment that got me a bit emotive on the day was Mike Brady on the big screen. I didn't see that coming, and I'm sure it probably didn't. Uh, it would have been a frustration point for those watching it in Victoria, but as a Victorian sitting in that grandstand, looking at a 60,000 sea of fun and excitement, and then looking up at the big screen and seeing Mike Brady sing Walking Around an Empty MCG... Just broke your heart, mm. didn't it? Like it was, it was a jolt. Yeah, and it did make you think where our state's lost its way. Um, it, that was the prevailing view for me. I couldn't get out of my mind for half an hour. Like it was just that image for the second year in a row of Mike in an empty venue. Yeah, you mentioned Hayden Burbank. He, he being the uh, restaurateur here in Melbourne, um, see, runs Morris Jones. He probably runs other stuff. I, I, I <sighs> This is, this is all hindsight, Hutchie. I bumped into him in the lifts. I didn't know it was him. I had met him before. But, again, with all the coverage of what happened with him and those around him after the event, um, I was, yeah, reminding myself that I, I had been in a lift with him from the uh, media slash corporate era down to the rooms. And then I obviously saw him in the rooms uh, running around. Would not have thought of it one more moment had he not then become public for what he what he did. But uh, a bizarre situation. Those Melbourne rooms, Hutchie. He wasn't the Lone Ranger, by the way. That, no. That, the intellect was that a lot of people got in. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they found ways in backs of trucks and across borders and like it's- Backs it of was, trucks? The people, the, the intellect on the ground was that people found their way, some people found their way in. Really? Yeah. And, and, and not just a few. Like- it was a problem for the government on Friday and Saturday trying to track down and investigate all the people that had found a way in inadvertently. There was a plane that was put into lockdown, as you know. Yes. Um, on a, a legal arrival. So, it, look, it just shows you that people, what we've seen is that people, you, you like to think people respect big events to allow them to keep happening. But if this keeps happening and we're seeing a little bit of this behaviour here in Queensland with the NRL, it just it jeopardises mm. the event for everybody. So, um, now, just on sad the bo- specifics, so Hutchie, before we move off the ground, the, the rooms, that they were the best rooms for media access post any event in the AFL history, arguably. I say that because, unfortunately for the players, there was minimal family representation in the rooms. That was unfortunate for the players, Hutchie, but for the media, that was very, very fortunate. They had no one to talk to. They saw a microphone and they, they ran toward it as opposed to away from it, which normally happens. And and fortunately for you, Melbourne won, so you didn't have to deal with Luke Beveridge on Sunday morning, which I know like you were sleepless nights thinking about. So you would imagine you turning up on Sunday, Bevo. That's a shame for the rest of us who are looking forward to seeing it. And uh, emotional return for you. How was it when Basil dropped you at the airport? Was it sad to say goodbye? Did you give him a cuddle? Um, you know, how long do you think you'll be apart for now? 
as well, new we'll, BFFs. We'll just try to work out at that stage the, the fallout for what happened on the night itself when he um, missed uh, introducing the Norm Smith medal presenter, Andrew Embley, to actually say something. And then also when he also... And has since conceded, Hutchie, he made the mistake of not uh, giving the mic to Simon Goodwin, too, for his moment in the sun. So we're waiting through how to deal with all of that when he dropped what me a, off. What so advice did you give him? I said, you just got to own it, Baz. you just got to own it. <laughs> no, he didn't he, drop me off, Hutchie. It was like the Goodwin piece. I was, I was actually sitting behind Baz on the, on the day. He, he was an unbelievable host of the visiting. Oh. Every, like he went out of his way for everyone visiting, which was pretty cool. Yep. You could just... He could see that he saw that he'd made the blue, and he tried to rectify it really quickly. But yeah. the PA system took off, and he then did. the players took off. And then and he the- was standing. I watched him. He was standing there for about three, four minutes, waving his arms, trying <laughs> to get someone's attention to get to get the Goodwin uh, piece away. It was a unfortunate footnote to an incredible week. Yeah, it was. And, and again, things happen, don't they? Um, Simon Goodwin, yeah, he deserved his moment, but but he's such a good bloke, Simon. Um, again, I did see him the next morning because he came on the the Sunday footy show and he he bears no grudge whatsoever. He's too good a bloke to, to worry about that. But but it was it was a moment that was meant to be his. Um, and unfortunately, history will say it didn't happen. He's going to have many moments, though, to, to, to accept yep. that, cl- that, um, that moment, in inverted commas, in front of the people that mean we most, and that is the, the Melbourne support. Supporters. We don't know how it's going to play out from here into usual parlance, play out, which is your favourite terminology. Yes, it, it, it was park. And park. But w- the thought that went through my head was could Melbourne recreate that moment sometime over the summer in the MCG? How would so, they do it, Hutchie? You, you're, you're the, you're the uh, marketer in this conversation. Well, the suggestion is that December 15 is kind of the mark date for crowds and open air will be easier than closed. Hopefully it's earlier than that with double vaccine in November, but that I think that's a working date on, on, on in some circles. So is there a moment before Christmas where five or ten or fifteen or twenty thousand double vaccinated Melbourne fans could go to the MCG mm. and could they recreate the medal ceremony, the entire thing? Like I think Melbourne fans would love the opportunity, whether it be on a picnic on the MCG in the stands, spread out double vaxxed or otherwise, at a time when society's eighty plus and hopefully closer to ninety, where we got the medals represented to the players one by one. I like, like that take, idea. Take them off them, get everyone there, put the podium where it belongs, get a couple of Mike Brady songs if you choose, and then represent and then let the finale be Simon Goodwin's speech that you didn't hear on the day. I think there's a really neat opportunity for Melbourne to do that. I really like that idea, Hutchie. I hadn't thought of uh, how they could do that, but that would be as good as any. Whether it's December 15, I'd be staggered if uh, this, this place opens up anywhere near uh, meaningfully enough for that to be the case, but let's hope it, it could be. But, yeah, I like that. You could have the uh, the game going on the on the big screens, couldn't you, for, for a couple of hours before, you know, the build-up to that moment for those who want to relive it as a, as a group, which they didn't yep. get to do. So, yeah, that's uh, that would be something I reckon they, uh, you should get yourself involved in. I know people will roll their eyes at this, and people have been through more than is reasonable in a lifetime in the last 18 months. It's on us. In I'm speaking from a Melbourneian point of view. It's on us as Melbourneians to try and get this city going again, all of us. We can got two choices from here. We can sit around and we can say six lockdowns, most lockdown city in the world. This is outrageous. We've been dudded. The premier's done a poor job. We're going. We're not following the rules. Or, or we can actually try and get things going as a community of business leaders and people. And you got we're at, we're at the intersection of what we're going to be in Melbourne. Melbourne can be Melbourne again, quick, quick sticks. I, I have great faith in that. 
I'm no, hardly anyone would be on board with that mentality at the moment. So things are like this. What's the downside of just doing it, trying? If they only get 5,000, Because up? of the control, Hutchie, that I referred to earlier. You don't for a minute think that whatever date they pluck out of absolutely nowhere, it'll have no reason for it to be that date when they do pluck it. Don't for a minute think it's just click your fingers and it's back to even even 50% whatever was normal. It will be, it'll be staggered. It'll, it'll be, take it'll be, time. Yeah. But, it, but I, I choose to believe that there's a way for us in Melbourne to get going again and quickly. Yeah, well, and, and I'm... I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to get dragged down by your cynicism. I'm not. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not. Gonna res- I'm not going to get uh, sucked into your uh, hope either. So <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. Let's move what's, on. What's new? <laughs> hey, uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned the Bulldogs coach. Um, we we had a um. A, did you function. see him while you're away? No, I didn't. I actually didn't. We had a function though. The How's day that after. possible? You've gone across to cover the grand final. Oh, well, you haven't the, seen the coach. You see the media coverage that the the club allowed people in for. Oh, having said that, they they did offer. Plenty for me, actually, too, by the way. Well, I just didn't see the coach. So, um, no, I didn't. But but he was, though, at a bar in Fremantle, Hutchie, that we were at, except, thankfully, I was that busy on the Sunday, I got there way, way, way late and had missed the, the uh, Bevo by uh, by 15 minutes. And uh, well, when I walked in there, I was made uh, aware of that by about 15 people inside that 15 minutes that we had just missed each other's part. So I think I might have dodged the bullet there, Hutchie. What do you think you would have said to him? You would have just done the whole thing. Nah, I just, just would have done what we did in the hub last year. And, well, I think I would have anyway. I would have walked the other way or at least looked the other way. And I'm assuming he would have done the same thing, which happened. He might have the... ended up in the cobwebs again, 2.0. No. Nah. Like the Scott Brothers. And, and then we, uh, fly, flying back on the Tuesday night, um, it was a great amusement to, to a lot of people that, that there were going to be Bulldogs people on the plane, as there were going to be AFL and, and Melbourne people. And uh, there was a moment of trepidation when I got to the plane to sit when I saw the Bulldogs uh, paraphernalia there, Hutchie, but there was no Luke Beveridge on that plane either. So now I've managed to get to and out of Perth without any any issue, Hutchie. Did you uh, – any any further thought on Chris Scott, by the way? I saw your comments on the uh, round so far on the weekend. Uh, yours, only or? that, only that. I, I still deep down think he'll be there, but uh, conversations that uh, were flying around in Perth, um, I'm assuming you're aware of some of those conversations, would, would suggest there's a, a few discussions going on. Have you got any intel on it? Because you're you're pretty close to Chris. You don't like to make that out too public, but have you got anything more? I have not spoken to him for a long time, for okay. quite a while. But uh, I... I'm unconvinced of what they where they're going to land in the off season because there's clearly a new sheriff in town, right? Steve Hawkins yeah. come in with with both guns blazing, and everyone hasn't really quite found their right seat in the room yet. I don't think so. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, uh, I think I'll either go one or two ways: either he'll extend and they'll extend, and everyone will. So, so you reckon it'll be an extension or, or a departure? You, you don't see him going to, into twenty twenty two with the contract that he's already got, without there I, I being don't. an announcement of sorts around it. I, I, I don't. I don't. No. Yeah. I, I don't think it serves anyone's purpose for him to be a lame duck, uh, which is what they call in politics, a lame duck coach in the last year. With you, know, you would like to think there's an extension. Okay. Hey, yeah. Uh, actually, or actually I've had reason to question an element of our, our friendship this week. You may not may or may not be aware of it. It's just an element of it. It's not not a not a major issue, but it's an element of it. Right. I, f- friends don't steal from friends, do they? As a rule, I don't think. <laughs> I don't know where you're going here. <laughs> and I, I feel as though you have stolen yep. something from me this week, Archie. Now, it may not have been your intent, but that was the way I I received it yesterday when I was made aware of something that uh, was being distributed under your channels on social media, Lordo's. List it was called. Yep. Lordo's sliding door moments from the 2020 trade period. 
under the thanks to the team at 4D Doors under yes. the under the format of if something happens, then something could happen. I think it's fair to say, Hutchie, you've re- had a reasonably good grasp of that if and then sliding doors situation for uh, a number of years, and it's obviously worked such and, and so successfully that you've wanted to steal it from me, Hutchie. Well, a couple of things here. I thought you might raise this because you sent it on the WhatsApp group and had a real dash at me. So I, I was, first of all, unaware of it till I read it, so distancing myself from you've, the crowd. You've sold but, it, Hutchie. You've sold it. You, you, just nothing but, that's sold under any one of your banners that you're not aware to, of. I'll own it. I think... I. I, I'll own it. It's, it's been wonderfully well received, by the way, as a, as a content piece. Uh, a couple of things. You did not invent lists. No, I didn't. Matthew Pinkney invented this sliding doors list, the, no, no. Uh, the former boss lists, of AFL Media. Lists, lists have been used in no, no. media. No, the, the, the sliding doors list is is a unique AFL.com.au offering. L- there's been nothing more used in media than lists over the last 60 years. We, we do 30 lists a week on our various platforms, and we long ago white-labelled them from people who did them long before us. I reckon when Bruce Gingell went, hello, welcome to television, before we go to a break, here's, here's a list. list of Here's a list. <laughs> They've been going around forever today. Secondly- The Ten Commandments are a list, Hutchie. <laughs> They've been around for a while. There's a big difference in the, in the Lordos list versus the sliding doors. <laughs> the word- then is not being used on the second line. <laughs> so you, you're going to get a, you're going to try and get away so with this on a technicality. Yes, I can see that the word if starts the sentences, <laughs> but the word then, out of respect, has been removed. <laughs> what what about what about if, if it was an original idea, then it was a good idea, but it's but, not Hachi and and. But, what then about? Not, we haven't used the word then, <laughs> which is an important difference. <laughs> and I'll tell you it's what, an important you, if, difference. If Lordo's, if Lordo's offering got a hundred thousand clicks, then it's only about six hundred thousand clicks short of what the original gets on a weekly basis. Too yeah, yeah, but it's amazing how you amplify your your clicks on your story. Someone in there feeds you what you want to hear every week. How Hutchie, we go last Hutchie, week? on a yeah, quiet yeah, on a years. quiet week, on a quiet week that is, and there's not many quiet weeks. On a quiet week, it hits six hundred. That's a quiet Thousand week. Views. That's a quiet week. Oh, I'm calling. You, you think? Let me let me get this straight. You think three percent of the population read your column on AFL.com on a quiet week? Aren't you? Weekly on a Every quiet week. week. Every week, one in three. Sorry, three. Is that three percent? I'm, I'm just trying to do my math, 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 mathematics. Six out of 22, 23, 24 million. What's that? Two and a half to three percent. We put a hundred people. I've got year twelve maths. It's a long time ago. Now I'm trying to work out what you, what percentage you're breaking it down to. If we put a hundred people in a room. And they can be from anywhere. Yeah. Ayers Rock, back of Burke, Northern Queensland or beyond. Three people in that hundred will have read your column. Is that That's what you're actually selling here today? And there's how many? How many out of the hundred? Including hundred-year-old people, two-year-old people. What we, you, you feel three. We only go to Australian audiences, do we? As well, we we well, uh, we are well, a multinational, the... <laughs> global organization, Hutchie. <laughs> Six hundred thousand of a population of twenty plus million. Are you going to try and get away with that on, on not using the word then? I quite like it. If you generally think six hundred thousand people read your column on a quiet then week, you are believing the garbage you are being fed on a day to day basis. Now, if you printed enough footy records, what, what happened there? I heard Ash Brown, who writes for the Footy Record, Hutchie, um, talking during the week that, that there was a thought that you didn't publish enough footy records. What, what's going on? How did, you, how did you miss this opportunity to make money? Well, it ended up being bang on, I think. So that was my, that was, it proves you how little I know. I thought we were undaunted comfortably, but our team, uh, led by Richard Simkus, were, were bang on the money and, and Mick Lovett and Dean Macbeth. So yeah, there was, it was a, it was a all time consumption of AFL grand final record. 
and I was really happy for that team because over 18 months they've done it harder probably than anyone in our business because of the inability at the grounds to, you know, their, their product is relying on people attending really other than the digital version which has been um, a good introduction. So, yeah, it was bang on and shows you how little I know, Damo, because I, I, I had thought there would be um, – and the distribution was great through um, news agents and 7-Elevens and so on, so – there were plenty flying around in Perth. Well done, everyone involved. I thought. I thought there were plenty flying around in Perth. I saw, well, I saw a heap of them. It was nearly a 300-page edition. That team did an amazing job, and uh, I think it was well embraced by the uh, by the audience in in Perth. The idea of moving the grand final around one every four years got a little bit of momentum on the back of our podcast last week. Have you given that any further thought? Oh, as, as I said last week, Katie, it, it's been something I've been banging on about now for a couple of years. Um, obviously, it ramped up once we, for a second year in a row, knew some time ago that it was going to be away from the MCG again. It, it, it's because to me, we've just got to embrace it. Um, I'm not sold on it being every four years, but but I am sold on it being every six or seven. And and as you said last week um, on the podcast, we did that uh, the Wembley Hotel, which was uh, received amazingly well, wasn't it, by the people who did attend, Hutchie, that the the extension of the deal would be the way to do that. The extension of the MCC deal beyond the. 37 years, incredibly, that it's still got to run, um, to extend that even further in order to incorporate the um, the movement around. But I just think it has to happen. I, it's, it's not even something that, that should be a pipe dream. It just needs to be something the AFL Commission actually embraces and, and, and makes and mandates to have happen. It won't happen overnight, obviously, but it, but it needs to – they're not serious as a, as a national body if they don't seek to now do that, given the, given the, the obvious benefits, which, which have been inadvertent, given it's been COVID-driven, COVID of the past two grand finals not being at the, at the MCG. Now, we might get a, a drum roll if we can in a moment, Joe. I'm not sure if we've got one out the back, but it's been a, we, we've been long obsessed with Asada on this program. <laughs> yeah. And Asada's, Asada's work rate and ability to turn decisions around in a quick, nimble manner has been one of our long points of conjecture. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't think we would find anyone that was in the same conversation with Asada. But give us the drum roll again, Joe. I missed the, missed the build-up, sorry. But I want to give a shout-out to the entrepreneurial and fast-moving team at Get Ready, Safe Work South Australia, <laughs> whose findings have come back on the 2018 Adelaide Crows pre-season training camp on the 30th of September 2021, Damo. Some three years and nine months after the camp, which only went for two weeks, the investigation has now officially weeks. gone 60 times longer than the camp itself. And you're not going to believe this, the Collective Mind Group, after a three-year and nine-month investigation by Safe Work SA, yep. have been cleared of any wrongdoing. <laughs> <laughs> there is Safe Work South Australia said there is no evidence of any breach of the Work Health and Safety Act 2012 related to the camp. By the way, 2012 is when the act was written, not when they began working on this. They did begin working on it in 2018. And the investigation is now closed and no other person or organisation breached any work, health or safety laws. So nothing to see here. Move on. Nothing to see here. The boat race, a four-year boat race, it was like Jessica Watson around the world boat race, is now over. And my question to you, Damo, is how did that go down at the Safe Work SA mid-year meeting this year, June 30, 2021, <laughs> when they get around, okay, let's review the year. Right, I've got that collective mind investigation going back to 2018. We're now into three years, three months. How's that going? 
we're, we're getting towards the pointy end of the review. <laughs> In three months, we should wrap it up. Which way is it tracking, guys? I don't want to. I don't want to speculate, but. You know, I just got to look, check a few more things that might take another three months. Have you ever heard of anything, Damo? In life, take three years and nine months to clear someone of any wrongdoing. When when the crows got wind of this being the case, Archie, and as as we know with government and, and regulatory bodies, there's a certain chain of events and protocols that need to play out. But when it got to the crows that unofficially before they announced it publicly that they had been cleared. Do you think that the Crows would have been in not just two minds, but a hundred minds as to, okay, at least we've, uh, at least we've read the contents of this and they're favorable. But then the next question is this, do we choose to make this public ourselves or we, or do we let collective, do we, do we let the um, SA body, whatever it is, uh, release it themselves? Because ultimately, when you're using club letterhead to refer to that camp, it just creates a whole new wave of headlines again, which it which it did to a point, didn't it? Even though even though the release was obviously favourable in that outcome. I mean, I no doubt that they would have been working as fast as they could in the circumstances to, to interview the uh, people relevant over the three-year and nine-month period. There's been an Olympic Games between <laughs> that period of time to assess, and collective mind have been cleared, so... Uh, they did seek to, of course, ring the Adelaide Crows and let them know, but the phone numbers they had on file, they couldn't find anyone who was still at the Crows from three years and not. So no coach, no CEO, no president, no footy, no footy manager, manager yeah. barely any players left from that time. They had no one to ring, Damo, and let them know. Um, they just kept getting this. This number is not connected. Uh, speaking so, of... Safe Work SA, who I'm, I'm only being facetious. I'm sure they do a great job, but... Oh, d- don't months. give the square up. Yeah, you've just given it 10 minutes of your best. And th- don't do the square up on this one now, okay? Three years Call and nine months, Damo. And if you get sued, if you get sued by Safe Work SA, Hutchie, this, this is on you and not me because I've only laughed at what you've said. I haven't actually contributed to it. I haven't I haven't commented on the findings, merely the timing of the amount of time. <laughs> They've taken a safe approach to the investigation, don't they? <laughs> Hutchie, I've, I've got no doubt it's been a very thorough investigation. No and, doubt. Yeah, and, and I'm sure you have no doubt as well that it's also been thorough. And, and by the way, there's a little bit on the back of this, there's a lot of uh, people at Asada now headhunting the team at Safe Work. They think they'd fit in perfectly culturally <laughs> into the business. Footy, footy clubs or sports clubs, Hutchie, needing to deal with use of cocaine by athletes. It happened with the Warriors in the NRL. It happened with the Storm in the NRL in the past uh, week or so since we... Last spoke, Reese Walsh being the player at the Warriors, Cam Munster, Brandon Smith, the, the players at the Storm. You, as a as an owner of high-end basketball talent in this country, um, how do you go? How would you go with this situation now? The, the reporting on this has changed. It's certainly not as explosive as it once was. It's certainly a major problem for the athletes, the clubs, the sponsors of the clubs, the supporters yeah. of the clubs. It's still a problem, don't get me wrong, but... Do you agree with my look at this now that it's it's nowhere near the story that it that it once was? And is that because there's an acceptance of it? Is that because there's the practice of it is is so widespread that that you know it's almost unusual or, or you're in a minority if you're not doing something like what these people are doing? What is it, Hutchie? I just think it's stupidity season, Damo. Oh, we know that, Hutchie. I'm not asking you that. I'm asking you how the these things play out publicly. I, I think the club should should take a a really hard line dim view on it. Like it's, it actually doesn't matter whether it gets the same level of headlines that it used to get. That's incidental to the club. What's what's important is the values of the club and 
how they want to look, act and behave in a public manner. And you can argue that the players were, you know, in their own time and you can argue that they were filmed without their knowledge and all that. But at the end of the day, they've just brought the club into disrepute. It's in just, it but, doesn't matter how it, how it happened. That's but again, happened. again, the players in question on, on this occasion are, are big name players. And a, apart from eventually apologising and apart from having some form of sanction, there's going to be no major impact on their sporting careers as a result of it. And, and I say that, Hutchie, because as, as I always say, if you're a good player in these situations, it just goes away. And if you're a fringe player, well, the, the, the stick will come out a little bit uh, more meaningfully and well, your career is in jeopardy. They're not players that made young, innocent decisions. They should have known better. They, like Cameron Smith was sitting in this very chair that I'm in here in the Gold Coast three hours ago and made very strong comments. What did he say? His, oh, you his, I haven't caught up with this. What, what did he say? He said he's extremely disappointed with what he's seen and what's happened post that prelim. Play it for you. This is what Cameron Smith had to say. The thing that, that, that's disappointing, there's a few things that is disappointing for me, is one, now they, they put so much heat and spotlight on, on the Melbourne Storm as an organisation. They've put so much spotlight on all their current teammates and, and the former players because, you know, we're all... I played my entire career there. Billy Slater played his entire career there. Ryan Hoffman played for the most part of his career there. Same with Cooper Crump. All these, all these wonderful players who for their entire career, did the right thing. Mm, very true. They made the right choices. Same as same as Matt Guyer and, and Steve Kearney and all these guys that, that started the club back in 98 when really not many people wanted a club or a franchise in Melbourne. Mm. That's the most disappointing thing and the thing that annoys me. That was Cameron Smith there, former Storm legend on Cameron oh, Munster. Sorry, Cameron Smith saying that. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I've got yep, So Cam with... Smith was, was super strong on it. And... I'm the same. Like, it's just not, you know. It, and it does have a brand effect, though, mate. So not just to team, to person. So Cam Munster's brand, which has been pretty healthy, does get knocked around on the back of this. Yeah, but... The player, the player gets embarrassed and their brand gets chiselled. So you say people move on. I don't agree with that. I think it has a knock-on effect on, on both fronts. Hutchie, we, we had, a, we had a, a, a footy coach on the weekend, Simon Goodwin, who, who during his playing days and, and even assistant coaching days was in the headlines for the, for the wrong reasons, Hutchie. Some of it gambling, but people move on. I, I don't think the stigma does no, they, stick as, they, as, like it once may have and, and like some people think it may have. If you're a do. good athlete, you've got a chance to, to rectify yeah, it on the field. And that's, that's how life should work. You, you, you should be able to make comebacks from things that go wrong, but there is a period of penance. And, and these Melbourne Storm players, will, from a brand point of view, will pay the period of penance, no question. So I, I don't think it's – if you muck up in public life now, it hits you harder per, perception-wise than it once did. It might not be as big a news as it once was, hmm. but in an interconnected world with social media and brand and everyone being cautious, it – it knocks you around. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, you'd hate to be in the you'd hate to be the person in the centre of the of the storm, wouldn't you? For that for that period. Yeah, once upon a time, if you were in if you were in a big story, you just wouldn't read the paper and you'd shut your doors. Now, now you're just coming at you from every angle, mm. don't you think? Yeah, I do. But I, but I, I I honestly now again I, I could be misreading this, Hutchie, but I I do feel that the public don't care as much as 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 much as they would have once. And I don't think they care as much as the the clubs and even the athletes in question think they do either. I, I really I really believe that now. Yeah, I reckon it would be a big thing at the Storm the way that their culture is built.
Okay. I think it'll be a fair fallout. I've asked you this regularly, Hutchie, and you, you'll go down the path of me being the, the sceptic and the cynic, and that's all well and good. But we're now Probably. very close to an Ashes series that's been scheduled to be played in Australia this summer, and we are having Sheffield Shield players pulling out of matches an hour before they're meant to be starting. You've then got comments being made across the uh, the way there in, in England about uh, we still need more conditions in order to come here. This is at best line ball that there's any meaningful attendance able to be uh, held at a Nashes series this summer. Well, I mean, the, let's deal with the Tassie Queensland situation first. I was in Queensland, I was in Brisbane yesterday. Ian Healy on our breakfast show, the, the game was played at his own venue named after him. So he had a very strong view on it and he was embarrassed. It was unbelievably embarrassing for cricket that Tassie went home yesterday. Like, if you think about the Sheffield Shield demo, which is close to your heart, I know. <laughs> so I'm getting into your area. I'm sorry, I'm into your beat. Don't uh, go and complain to the editor that I'm crossing the lines here, giving you a Sheffield Shield man from way back. The Sheffield Shield is a non-attended event. No one goes. You might get 50 here, 100 there, but it ostensibly, let's call it for what it is, it's a non-attendance sport. Yep. Yep. Right? Yep. Do you know of any other sport with non-attendance that's getting cancelled like this. Tassie went to the airport and went home. But, Unbelievable. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm not at all condoning or nor defending what Tasmania did, Hutchie. But if you're a cricketer, you, you've been, I would imagine, there's been some cricketers in this country, there might be even more internationally, who have done up to 10 forms of quarantine over the past two years. The, the cube, I've done two, Hutchie, and I've... You know, I know I know the cumulative effect that would have on on an athlete. So, I can. There's part of me that can understand the the rationale behind why they wanted to get out because of the numbers that were at that that point in time starting to drip feed into the media that the Queensland could have been shut down and then then they're going to be stuck again. But now, could they, yeah, but there's there's always a window to get out after an announcement, right? Could they not have waited an hour, understood the premier's announcement and the state of the play? And paid the respect to the state that they are in at the time yeah. to do so. Yeah, that's a fair point. They're not easily rescheduled, these things. Not no. only that, why are – I know it doesn't affect the travel and the quarantine too much, but why are they even bothering to have crowds at Shield Games? Why haven't Cricket Australia got ahead of that and said, this summer we are not allowing anyone into the Shield? That The risk of reward on that as a decision, which is what they made last year, I guess, in essence – don't worry about crowds at venues. We're taking crowds out of the way. But this decision then... wasn't made on crowds, actually. This was this decision was made on the players themselves not wanting to get stuck in a state they don't live in. That, that, that's Correct. what that's what Correct. that's about. Correct. But I think they've got to get ahead of the narrative on the Sheffield Shield season. If yeah. They try and play it. But but the, the again the imagery, the messaging, um, the the optics that that sends back across the way to to England. Um, yep. I, I, I still not convinced they're coming over, Hutchie. And if they if they're coming over, I'm not convinced it's going to what? be their uh, their best team. Why did they just get every, the sh- all, if they want if their objective number one is to get cricket into if their objective if cricket Australia's objective is to play shield games, it's not without cost and significance. But get everyone into Tassie for a month, playing Hobart and Devonport and Launceston and punch out two or three games each. What do you need to have home games, away games for? Mm. It's, I don't understand why we're playing home and away games in Sheffield Shield. What are we flying Tasmanians to Queensland and this mob to there and? In a, in a oh, well, environment as like as you know, and, and back to the era when I did cover it, Hutchie, when you still had the test players actually playing and, and wanting to play, it, it was done traditionally, wasn't it? You'd have those early season games at the Gabba where you couldn't see the it, ball because Adam absolutely. Dale was swinging it two and a half metres and at the moment it left his hand. And Andy Bickle was bringing it back in the other way and smashing into pads. So so, so that, that 
that was once its appeal, but I, I hear what you're saying now. You, hey, touched on a, you touched on a key word there, tradition. Cricket trips over its tra- – I love cricket like you do. It trips over its cr- tradition way too much. Bear in mind with the Ashes – which is the most traditional form of the game, full stop. It's two months away. It's a lifetime away in this modern world. We're 80% vax in two months. Hold, hold, have a little bit of patience. Hutchie, I- we've just come out of a second AFL season where the, the MCG's been empty. So so don't let's get Victoria, too hopeful. Victoria and ahead. New South Wales are going to be, at minimum, in a bubble with each other by the time England arrive, aren't they? By the time England plays. Well, that's the intent as we speak, Archie. But what's some more greater restrictions kick in as, as that day gets closer? So cynical. Oh, well, hang on. Have, have, they, not already changed, have they not already changed the protocols around the, the vaccine? It used to be 16-year-olds. Now it's 12-year-olds. And it was 70% at one stage. Now it's 80%. Anyway, Hutchie, yeah, what happened to RSN? The profile's changed on the time too. It's not, we're not dealing with the same virus we were. You, you're, you're, um, you're going to buy RSN, I read somewhere, and now you're now you, you're not. What, what's happened there? You, you got ah, out. see. It's, it's one of the few projects that you you haven't secured in the recent times. Ah, you see, you asked me about this six weeks ago on the assumption that we were bidding, and I said I wouldn't be drawn on it either way, and now you're actually saying we missed out based I'm upon just going the assumption on, on, on media reports in the you? first place. On media reports, So my you? answer to this is the same as it was six weeks ago. There's nothing to see here. But I, I like the narrative around how we bid and failed and whatever, and... So well, like, we'll tell our listeners what happened. I, I, I've got no idea what happened, and, and yeah. to be honest with you, I, I don't need to know. But but seeing you've clearly got a different version of events to how it's been reported, please tell. As, as I read in the in the paper, Racing Victoria have acquired the club's interest in the station. That's just how how right. the only way I know that. In, uh, in as much terms is what I read in the paper. Could, could is... I make an observation, actually? This has got nothing to do with your dealings with Racing Victoria because I wouldn't know your dealings and, and I don't even know whether you're a, an advocate or not. But have they got any idea what they're doing? Any well, idea? I can, I can understand why it makes better sense for the racing industry to have their equity in the station. And I'm, I'm not even talking necessarily about this, yeah. this media no, I, deal. I, I'm just not convinced they've got any idea. No, I've, you've always said I think that's really unreasonable. They're in, they're entitled to uh, act for all their clubs in one entity rather than four. So, but they don't. I mean, but they actually don't. Well, they, it looks like they've done it in this deal. They've just consolidated well, in, the, in a media deal. I mean, how's that going to play out? And, and how much is going to be skimmed off the top of it, Hutchie? Like it always is. So, it's so cynical. Oh, you, you reckon there won't be some skimming of money off the top of this deal? Well, I don't, it's not. I don't what think what do the any... clubs get out of it? Well, I, as I read in the paper, they've acquired the stake, presumably paid for it from the clubs to represent or to own them in one entity, which they're a part of. So that that's not dissimilar to what they've done in the other media parts of their business. So I didn't think there was any great um, surprise in that or it seemed to make strategic sense. Is it a gambling business, not necessarily a media business? Oh, I think they're one and the same, aren't they? No, I don't think they are, no. I don't, I don't see it that way. I think that... It's the one industry based on gambling. It's actually based on gambling. Every other sport is based on the sport. This one's based, and, and again, there's a love of horse. I get all that, Hutchie, but the love of the horse is secondary. Well, the bulk of its, re- and certainly at the moment, almost all of its revenues are from a wagering perspective because the attendance is not a commoditizable thing to do. Uh, let's jump into the question of the week. 
On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. My, my, my question of the week for Drinkwise is how you've come back so grumpy. I don't understand. <laughs> you've just been away for a month. You've had an experience that Victorians haven't had. I thought, oh, I'm looking forward to today with Damo. He'll be reflective. He'll be in a better mood. He won't be as cynical. You've had two days back in Melbourne. You've turned into the leader of the opposition. <laughs> um, actually, I think you, you hit the keynote there. You'll be Mark Stevens will be a mini manager. I, I think you hit the keynote there when you said I'm back in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> and and when, are you, when are you back? Well, it was going to be tomorrow, but after listening to you for the last 45 minutes, I might be making a phone call. I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you a tip. Don't come back unless you have to, Hutchie. Um, Alex Colson on email. Formula One ratings in the US have jumped from an average 547,000 per week in 2018 to 928,000 per week in 2021, largely on the back of the success of the Netflix series Drive to Survive. The PGA has just signed a deal with Netflix to create a similar series. How long do you think it will be until we see clubs or codes employing writers to manipulate or even create narratives around players or games to increase interest and ultimately drive ratings. Could there be any codes in Australia that could benefit from doing this now? Good question. And it's a, it's been a, an amazing success, Alex. So Has it? Drive to Survive. Oh, it's been yeah. an amazing impact on the industry. Okay. And I guess sport and reality television go hand in glove. What happens behind the scenes in sport has always been of interest. Doing it on scale and making it accessible to newer audiences has been the challenge for a long time. It obviously doesn't cost you any money other than production to do that because you have to buy the rights necessarily, particularly if you're making it yourself as a sport. And it does drive drives valuation in your rights by driving audiences. So it's a no-brainer. Hard Knocks is probably the original, wasn't it, in the yeah. NFL? And yeah. We'll see more and more of it. It only doesn't work when it's too... Contrived? Contrived. Yeah. It's stilted, which is what we've seen a bit of, haven't we? In... Yeah. I think there's a bit of that going on. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that was our question of the week for Drinkwise. You won't miss a chance to ask us the tough questions on the standing board if you drink wise. Hutchie, uh, do we find ourselves in the same studio next week when we do the standing board? Well, we will. That's if uh, if the state doesn't get shut down between now and then, Damo, which would be where you're about to go next. But uh, <laughs> my message is the same. Chin up. We're going to be okay. We're only six, eight weeks off getting to the vaccination uh, thresholds. Oh, yeah, yeah. and We're going to stay the course. I'm, I'm choosing to be a believer. You're well, choosing to be a cynic. No, I, I wasn't. Where we find ourselves. It's, but, and by the way, Series 5, episode what? Series 6, episode 35? Yep. What series and what episode were we when Safe Work SA first began that investigation <laughs> into Collective Mind? About Series series 1 or Series 2. So there's only been two constants during that time. Their, their diligence and taking their time to get to an outcome and your cynicism of society over a four-year period. This has been the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a cynical session with Damo, who's grumpy on return, choose to drink wise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.